Hello and welcome to Chosen Mike Committee, the podcast where where myself, Josh Heron, Christopher Munden, and John Rosenberg read through every Pulitzer Prize winning play written since 1918. So you don't have to, or so you will read along and join us. Like I said, my name is Josh Heron. I am an elementary school teacher, um, theater lover, occasional theater uh, critic. Um, and I am joined by um, uh, I, I guess someone who sort of likes sports, um, Christopher Munden, or I guess as he would call it, he likes sport. He likes sport. <laughs> Chase Sportive. Uh, yeah. Um, and did you, like about, did you play basketball in high school, John? Oh, you're muted. Did you play basketball in high school, John? Still not. I can. I did not play basketball in high school, although you didn't ask me. I know they don't have it in Britain. My sister played netball, which is a uh, kind of like basketball. I played basketball for two years in middle school. I lived at a house that had one of the that had a hoop outside, so I did used to throw the basketball some, but I was pretty terrible at that, and even worse when there's like an opponent. Did you play basketball in high school, John? I did theater. Me too. Um, <laughs> we're gonna be super qualified to talk about this. Um, I played soccer and swam. Me. Um, this year or this year. Um, uh, yeah, this year, 1973. The Pulitzer Prize winning play for 1973 um, was That Championship Season by Jason Miller. Um, Chris, do you want to give a, a brief summary? Um, sure, I just finished this. So uh, that championship season is set in 1972, and it involves uh, four... Um, Four men who are having their annual tradition of uh, reuniting to celebrate that championship season, um, maybe like 15 years ago when they won the state high school championship, basketball championship. Um, so they were all like full of promise and on top of the world then. And now they're in various ways like... Um, I don't know, um, failures or moral failures. Um, one is the um, failing ta- uh, uh, mayor of the town. Is it Scranton or somewhere yeah, in Pennsylvania? Isn't it? Yeah. Um, mayor of Scranton. Um, another is a junior high school principal. Uh, another is a rich businessman who, you know, is destroying the the town with his um, businesses, strip mining and that kind of thing. And another is a feckless alcoholic. And then you, they're all brought together by the coach who is a, I don't know, (laughs) in a way like boosting, but also like deeply dark view of life. He's, racist bigoted um he has that view that once upon a time the world was better that 
Father Coughlin <laughs> knew what was up. <laughs> we all we need Joseph McCartney back. Um, uh, peacemongers and minorities are ruining this country. Um, and over the course of the play, three acts, we kind of like learn about their, their once promise and their current failures or yeah, who they are basically. Um, I'll, I think this play, this is so interesting um, in the ways that I think um, I, I went to school for history. And so I think um, in some ways I am like so attracted to this play as a like historical document. Yeah, um, very much. Like I really, I think it's really fascinating. Um, and I like, I enjoyed it so much. And I, I don't know if that would like, I like, I don't know if it's a good play. I think it's a, I think it's a really interesting like thing, a really like prescient like object. And I, what I mean by that is in some ways, not in terms of like anything really like dramaturgical or like conceptual, but in sort of the way it views these men, it feels very ahead of its time in that, like, I feel like the political reality we live in is like spewed from like the bile of like this worldview of the, these characters populate in the play that, um, that sort of like mediocre white men are like disadvantaged because of like their grasp of power has slipped. Um, and it's like, it's, I think for me as someone who like, it's interesting to see like how that is so very like top of mind in like so many conversations right now. It's really interesting to see such a direct like point in history being recorded. Yeah, I mean, it's prescient, but it's also, it also like reveals that like that nativist streak is deep, right? Because yeah. Uh, you I mean, could, I maybe preaching is the wrong word, but like, it, I feel like it's like, I feel like that is. It feels contemporary thought. in some ways. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like in a way that like, I can imagine a contemporary playwright writing this and I'd be like, oh, it's so fucking obvious. Like. I think they would make it worse somehow. Or more, I think they would make it more obvious somehow. Or there would be more moral. I don't know what there would be. Uh, the coach would surely get punished or come to some kind of realization if a if a modern playwright did it. Um, there are some ter- terrible people, aren't they? It's great, awful. Yeah, I mean, they're like they're they're like all pretty awful. Um, yeah, down the line. <laughs> <laughs> like I think this... that's what would be hard about it. Is I don't know if I'd want to spend like. What's also interesting is that like it's three like. I will say it, what feels not of its time is it, I think it's probably, it feels like it's like an hour and a half long three act play. <laughs> like, and there's no reason for it to have two intermissions. Like it's just like, is straight through. So I feel like you would cut that and it would just be a, like a breezy sort of 90 minute. I mean, you could easily, yeah, you could do this as a one act, maybe even 75 minutes. Yeah, I mean, the like play last part. week was short. It was a short read. I don't know. Um, and the, the cuts in action are like, they cut the action and then they come back to people in the exact same permission. So it could just be go to black, yeah. then seen up. Yeah. 
Um, but I, that being said, I still don't know if I'd want to spend even that much time with these people. Um, in that I was like, I don't know, thinking about like who's, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf. And I, I find myself really enjoying spending the time with those people, even if they're, some people think they're like awful people. And this, I was sort of like, mm. um, like, I'm not sure what, how much I'm getting out of like, like the time spent with them as like humans. Um, I think because they're all sort of written so like, they're all sort of disgusting. I mean, and they're like, not like villainous, but they're just all sort of like everyday bad people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I think like, uh, I think that comes down, that's the fault of the playwright then. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what do you I, mean? I think, I think the playwright created interesting characters, mm -hmm. but then the play got lost in like this whole thing about who's going to be backed as the mayor. And yeah. like the play gets really mushy and it like mm -hmm. everything kind of just like loses its tension um, and everything kind of like the stuff about the wife being a cheater, the stuff about, you know, the shotgun on the wall. Like, I think there's a lot of interesting stuff in the play and I'm not clear on what the playwright actually is interested in. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like, uh, so I dig what you're saying that like they're horrible people. They're not that horrible. They're just, they're not given that much to do. So right. they basically start repeating themselves about the Jews and the blacks and like, well, but, in the but, to, but to me, it's like that then becomes the fault of the playwright that nothing is shown in a different light. It's just repeating. And the, the stakes are, the stakes are set that are just kind of like, who's going to be back. It's going to be him. It's going to be, me. he goes out of the room. You know, I'm fucking his wife. Come back in. <laughs> oh, you know, I'm fucking, I'm fucking your wife. Like the, yeah it get it gets it gets set weird and right. like well, i mean i think it's also like that it's in some ways like you have this like sh you have this like you know minute for minute like we're seeing this like reunion take place but like the, what like the purpose of it is strange like it's a reunion of like these five people that seem like they're always around each other so why is it a re like they're it's not like the like they're far flung like they're all sort of around town two of them are brothers Right. together it's like yeah. they're all very connected it's not like really a reunion um well tom isn't usually there right and they maybe don't see the coach all that much maybe but it's like it just like that sort of seems weird and then and also oh given the regularity like why would this meeting have that much stakes in terms of like like there's no like i, I well, think I think there's something actually interesting about that idea of like the rituals that we all have. Mm -hmm. And if we see each other all the time and like the less and less of the import, but I think it is hard that like, there's like, there's some big reveals in it and like uh, just about the care, everything gets brought to a head in a way that I really don't feel like happens with like real alcoholics. <laughs> like like uh, the, the play, the play, like it goes on a trajectory that I feel like it. Yeah. Like, I think it'd be more interesting if like it gets happy and then it gets sad, but it like the stakes get set and we really never uh, remove ourselves from it. There aren't the stakes aren't 
that high. The stakes They're are not, and they stay the that stump, way for a long time. Right. The well, stump campaign, right? The one guy is running for mayor, and the rich who's guy. Who's going to be backed? Right. Are Are you going to? Which can be interesting because it's like so small in. Uh, it's significant. And it was interesting as like that. Like Josh said, it felt right to bring, make it like a political thing in some way, but you didn't really care. So you have all these characters who you don't like, really. And they're not just bad, they're bad in different ways. Like there are ones who are like bigoted, but the, like the alcoholic is an annoying fuck. The, uh, the like weak uh, junior high school principal is, is equally like, I don't know wimpish i i don't know who would play that it's a role that the rich asshole they're, they're um, all annoying and different well, the, there was a, a recent broadway revival that was very star-studded which i'll talk about in a little, little bit um but i think one of the other th- i mean the thing that keeps coming to mind of like what is like is like <laughs> and I, the, like i feel like you're gonna roll your eyes at me a little bit because it's very like but like one of the things that is like sort of draining about this play is it's like just the like masculinity of it all right like it's like that would just- actually see i would actually disagree with you not to not to jump on it i think there's actually a lack of masculinity to it in a weird way interesting tell me more i don't know it just they're they're defeated in a way that doesn't really become a an examination of masculinity like it's like uh it's weird to me like i it's funny before you said this i actually had the thought in my head like a a minute ago about that i just there was no like uh there's no really there's like some to me in the beginning talking about like banging chicks or whatever but like the masculinity isn't a thing to me like maybe you should maybe you should talk about I mean, what you experienced maybe this is also like my like um my weird like uh like outside a window like looking in like what i imagine this like how you think straight like, people are like talk about but it just seems like like when you're thinking about like there's no like ten like there's no stakes or whatever there's like for me it's like yeah because there's not real feel like the feelings i mean there's real feelings that they feel real like bitterness and jealousy and avarice and greed but they don't have a lot of, and like they have this, and this is like super judgmental on my part, but they have this like superficial sort of like past history connection of like, we were the boys and like, but like, I don't know, they the, the way they show care for each other or don't show care is so stunted or, or is it underwritten? Like, um, I think it's underwritten because to me, there's no lying that's happening. And I think I think one of the beauties of something like uh, Death of a Salesman, which I think is also like an examination of masculinity, is just the lying, yeah. and just that right around the corner everything's going to be great, or like we're going to get this sale and everything. So to me, there, there's there's a complete absence of um, like illusion, and I, I don't think deception, but it's actual. To me, there's no illusion in the play. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really just like everything's fucked up and how it, there's like a desperation to it that does read right to me, like the desperation of men. But like, there's no, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it maybe that's what makes it exhausting to me. But like, yeah. 
No, no, but I guess when I think about it, the coach has it and like he does kind of cling to the illusion of everything. And I, I feel like at the end, they all kind of like break him of it or who is it, Tom, where it's like the reason why the fifth guy doesn't show up is because you instructed him to attack the black kid mm-hmm. during the championship game and break his ribs. That's why he doesn't show up. And like, that's why you're fucked up in all this shit. Um. I guess, yeah, I guess the coach always uh, exhibits that masculinity and like the push-ups he's doing and he's maybe living in the, under that illusion of the younger ones aren't. And that's, a, oh. that's maybe affected them, right? That's how it seems like his push to like win at all costs and they've all lost at all costs in some way. I don't know. Right, but to me, there's no desperate, but there's no desperation to like prove that he's right or like do you know what i mean to like like uh biff and the other one like telling the dad you're right you're right we, we you know we are gonna do it you know there's no They're like competing for his attention his approval really they are a little but but no yeah but not really it, it's really not, not really. there no. no which is interesting like uh i don't know if it like helps it or hinders it but but yeah and I think I also had a problem with like that being the big moral failing in the play was oh, that the yeah. coach that the coach instructed the player to knock out the really good black player in the game. Like, you know, that's the reason why the fifth guy doesn't show up. And that's like because in essence, they like cheated or something to win the championship. Yeah, I kind of thought the cheating was going to be more than that when it started to be revealed not that that's good but like that's cause a physical sport right I, I think i think i didn't have a problem with it like why wouldn't they do that he didn't get a technical uh, maybe the rules were different the rules are obviously different they talk about them keeping the ball for three minutes <laughs> right. yeah i did think there was an interesting thing around like i wish i had liked that sports more there was like an interesting moment of like oh, I don't like the sport anymore. I can't watch it. It's not my. And I thought that was like something interesting maybe there that I like. We are getting a lot of sports, or have we only had two sports players? Certainly, it the, seems the like one, and then we had this one, and then Somewhere. I don't know for well, if you count the 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 sport of dance, um, we got uh, chorus line coming up. <laughs> I don't. No, I, I guess fences is coming up. That's for a while. Uh, yeah, it's not. I mean, the I about, and this is a play. Oh, sorry. It just is a couple of players in a couple of years, and maybe like, you know, sports are, are capturing something in the national imagination at this time. Well, I think, and I again, I know I promised last week I was not going to read the introductions anymore, but I read the introduction this week. Um, What's wrong with you? I didn't. Um, I didn't either. And one of the things that like the person that I think it started at the public and like went to Broadway or, but one of the things that it's like, and it was like, in, I was like, maybe it'll be interesting. And then I, like, after reading the play, I'm like, oh, so patronizing is that they were like, this is a new kind of theater for like working class audience. We're really trying to diversify. Oh, oh, oh yeah. There you go. There you uh, go. There and it's like, so that's sort of why there like, there's like, why, like, or I, I can see maybe that's why I got the Pulitzer. That's what it was being. Marketing, yeah, like it's, sweat, so like, right? What? Isn't sweat set in Scranton? I right. think it is. Oh my right. god! But like, th- like if that, like, 
like the people watching this are not like it's not like it's just me new yorkers who are like being smug about themselves yeah and that it, may be the, the case with the play we read was it no it was two weeks ago wasn't it the um no place to be somebody no place to be someone like fetishizing working class or and i think i think the issue with this play though is that like the what's at stake in like the the through line of it take away the thematic elements or like what it really is about like what it's about like action wise it's not good and i think i think that's that's the thing that kills it like the coach has a fascinating monologue at the end you know just kind mm -hmm. of like going back to like the 20s and like working the way through the history of like this is the you know this is what what's at stake or whatever but like i feel like the actual lives of the people and what's at stake for them it just didn't seem real to me and it seemed like uh put upon the stakes didn't i don't know it, it painted a picture of the people for me but maybe like none of them were particularly attractive and then what happened to them wasn't com particularly compelling or what they were concerned about but to me it's like i think the version i would do is there would be a stripper broad do you know what i mean or like there would be yeah it's well, like I mean, once it they, like, it's, so it sounds like what you want is a so i was gonna like say is i think something that is also happening here that is interesting is it's like one of, I don't think it's the first play we've read that's all men. No. But it's so certainly the first play with all men that's happening post like women's lib, right? And post this like, at least partial redefining of womanhood um, that like, this isn't actually like talked that much about or at all, but it definitely feels like in reaction to, right? Like, and in the same way that this is like is a play about whiteness that's very much in reaction to civil rights and you know it's like very much this play is like if it's not it's in the 70s but it's about the 60s um i think he even says like what a time like i didn't have thank god my kids i my kids grew up before the 60s like um you know so there's a real like panic about it um so there's that the other thing that you're saying with the stripper and i was thinking about um like this and I haven't read his work. I mostly, so I'm excited to read it, but I know of it, is it feels, what I understand it to be is like sort of proto-mammoth, right? Like, um, mm -hmm. like, like we're about, we're gonna read Glen, um, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, and that has sort of a similar- That's all, man. Yeah, and it's about like competitive men be, doing like man things. It's um, a pretty different play, yeah. Well, I'm excited to read it. This doesn't feel like a mammoth play to me, I don't know. Um, I, I, um, before we go on, I, it did make me think, was last week's play, the uh, Gamma Rays, was yeah. that the first play we read with an, or did it have an all-female cast? It did. I mean, there's like, yeah, there's the teacher, but we don't really Character. see him. I don't even think we hear his voice. No, I don't yeah. think we hear his voice. Yeah, I think it was an all-female cast, and I think that would have been the first play, although not and by I, a woman. This might have been the first play with an all-male cast. I don't... Uh, surely... Yeah, it's it's shameful that we haven't paid attention to that in the same way, but we haven't... I mean, it's also and really hard. In the 20s and 30s, it was like... It might have been a... It, like, um, 
Yeah, a lot of players I don't know, focus I don't know on the men, but they have a cast of 50, right? Um, um, so I was going to share, so this most recently had a revival. It's had a couple revivals. I had a revival in like 99, maybe off-Broadway. Um, and it had a, a pretty major revival in 2011. Starring really? yeah, Brian Cox, who is the like... Oh, yeah. yeah. I've seen Brian Cox on stage. You know, I saw um, him in a Conor McPherson play in London. The, he's the, the patriarch in succession. And he was the coach. Oh, um, Keith yeah. Sutherland as the principal. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Noth of Mr. Big from Sex and the City and in The Good Wife. Oh, yeah. Um, as Phil. Um, is... Phil, yeah, it's Phil. Um, I think Jim Gaffigan is um, George. Is Jim Gaffigan. <laughs> Jim Gaffigan played George. <laughs> and the playwright's son played the drunk. Yeah, I was wondering if the playwright was the, like that was the character he related to, the drunk somehow. Um. Why can't there ever be a drunk in a play that is not a truth teller? And like, do you know what I mean? Why can't they I ever do be? You know what you mean? Yeah. They always, they always like cut to the bone with the truth. Why can't they ever be wrong? It really is annoying. I thought maybe he would be boring sometimes. I don't know. He's being an asshole. But they're, but they're always, working, right? They're always, they're always the voice of like the, uh, you know, they're always the the the, the clown or whatever, the just you know, Veritas. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, it's like every player, every movie that has a um like a stupid person, they're always, I don't know, all innocent and just not how real people are. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's not how a drink is. No. No. None at all. None at all. So maybe maybe he relates to it, but he, he doesn't really know what um to like. I think if I was to direct this play, my concept would be having high schoolers play play the old men at Big Merrily Roll Along and they'd be in big suits. <laughs> that's pretty good. Thank you. Um, who would you be? Uh, I would be the coach. No, <laughs> I'm. I don't know. I'm probably. I'm probably like Joe. Probably the principal, the weak-willed. Was it J- James? James. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm the whore wife. I'm Marion. No, I can are. see you as James. I was thinking the nymphomaniac. <laughs> maybe my better self, <laughs> as far as that goes, is Tom and. Versus Phil. <laughs> and John is the coach. Yeah. My mom would play the coach. My mom would be really good as the coach. We've been casting your mother a lot recently. I hope she's not listening. <laughs> I can't wait for next week. We have another Edward album play. Um, so I was going to ask, like, why why this one? Do you think it is, it is like that fetishization of working class? I think a little bit. I mean, I think that there is like, I mean, it's different. Like, 
I think, you know, there isn't, there hasn't been a lot of like, no, I guess there has though. Like Stanley Kowalski and Inge and there's been a lot of like. I guess they're, so I guess they're all victims then of the coach then, right? That's the thing. I don't think so. No way. So, yeah, and if we had this play now, it would be like sweat. It would be like, what's the matter with Kansas, right? Like, um, trying to explain white or not just what, well, in this case, white working class rage or disillusion, dissatisfaction, right? Is that... I think that's... Oh, sorry. They're trying to do that, I guess. I mean, I think that's what's interesting is I think it didn't feel like that's the point of the play. It felt like it was like the like side product. And that's why I think it's an interesting historical document and that it's not like, it's not like this is a play about like white rage. It's just a play about like these like horrible people who are white that are like, it's like, I sort of like, it sort of talks about that before that idea is like a thing. Well, is it? Is that the case? Or is that a thing that people are trying to explain then? I guess is my question. Mike, I, I mean, I, who knows? I, I, I mean, well, yeah, who knows? I don't I don't, know. From what I read about it, it doesn't sound like that was a thing that was like commented upon. Okay. But, you know. So, yeah, I wonder, the hazard, maybe we're ripe for, or we were ripe for a revival in uh, 2016. They did, they did not like it in 2011. No. No. 2017, people would have been like, yeah, this is. Well, I guess 2011 is like Tea Party stuff, right? Yeah. Right. I don't even think it was marketed. It was like very much marketed as like star studded, see your favorite boy. <laughs> your boy. Um, like, won't it be fun to have Mr. Big and the guy from 24? Like be be old buds. Yeah, it's not a good play, dude. There's like interesting stuff about it, but like it's it's wielded the wrong way, and like it's yeah, it's just not done right. I'm very excited for when there's like official shortlists to see to think about like what it like won. Um, well, the the set, uh, according to that essay, the the jurors in 1973 we in immediate enthusiastic agreement on the play that should be given the Pulitzer that championship season by Jason Miller. It then wow. turned out that we were not in agreement about any second choice, um, though The River Niger by Joseph A. Walker would have gained two or three votes. So, wow. yeah. um, And then I believe, I, no, so there wasn't a 1972 so I think then next year is Seascape by Edward Albee, um, which I don't know a lot about except there's reptiles. So the ones they dis- debated in 1972 were Moon Children by Michael Weller. Oh, I know that play. It's a weird Twigs play. by George Firth. Sticks and Bones by David Robb. I've seen other plays of his, I think. And George and- Firth um, wrote the book to company. And Follies by James Goldman and Stephen Sondheim. Sondheim. Wow, this be Follies? No, this is the previous year where they couldn't decide on one. Oh, I see. Those were the ones. Man, Follies have been cool. None of them got more than one vote. Mm. No one, yeah, they couldn't agree. 
Um, so what's next? Yeah. Seascape, the, the reptile. Oh, okay. All right. Edward Alveda's Reptiles. I'm sort of excited. I've been excited for this one. It could be like a little weird. I mean, uh, I haven't seen it. And then, oh, sorry. Can, can I ask you a question real quick about that championship season? So the dude who wrote it, what's his background? Oh, he was um, he was the priest in the exorcism. Oh, really? Yeah. Right, but like, did he play basketball? Did he? Because I couldn't put my. I felt like this guy. It just didn't seem. I almost feel like he didn't. False to me. It read false to me. He went to a Catholic high school, like the one that is in the play. Right. He grew up in Scranton, so he probably knows these. So these um, these dudes kicked his ass in high school. Ah, yeah, absolutely. Or maybe he's Martin. Right, 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 right. But I guess I guess my issue is like this might be childish or whatever, but like that's what happens in playoff basketball, you know? Like when when they like knock down the best player on the other team, that's what you're supposed to do. And like that to me is like the massive moral failing of the play. Yeah. I thought was childish. No, I mean I had like I coached kids soccer and I mean, it was in Northeast Philadelphia. These, yeah, they they would still like tell him to take out like a twelve year old or a nine year old. Absolutely, that yeah. and maybe maybe the indictment is that that is part of like the idea of winning, but like that's part of being a champion, you know. Like, yeah. I remember when Derek Fisher elbowed uh, the point guard for the Spurs in, like two thousand four. It's like, yeah, that's what you do. Like, yeah, you a couple give the seasons ago. Um, what's his name? Real Madrid defender broke the collarbone of Mohamed Salah in the Champions League final. So I think, Josh, I think the point I'm trying to make is like the play indicts these people for all of these massive things. Mm-hmm. But then like the thing that the play really cares about is that this championship season is a lie. And that to me is fucking stupid. Yeah. I see that. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be like he paid off the ref or something like that, you know? Right. There there's like a lot of interesting ways this play could have gone. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Or that he was a kitty fiddler. Yeah, I mean they they mentioned that for a moment in the play. Wait, real I missed that. Um, no, he, yeah. he was, he was he abusive as in he broke a kid's jaw, not as in... Oh, right. No, but there, but there's also a thing... There's, someone says pederast in the play, I forget. Oh, right. And then he's like, yeah, they have to explain what that is to him. Um, oh, right. That's when the coach lost his job for punching yeah. a kid. Punching a kid. But what was that? Uh, uh, was it Leonardo DiCaprio or young Leonardo DiCaprio? Flowers for Algernon? No, Basketball Diaries. Basketball Diaries, yeah. That was a Catholic school, wasn't it? Like I've never seen that. Uh, I did see it, but whenever it came out, which was like 1994, probably. Um, he and he I, goes and gets a. He is a. The coach does mess around with him, and he gets a heroin addiction. 
Yeah. And Josh, I, I dig what you're saying, though, like that there's something as a historical document that's interesting about this play. And that to me is the danger of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That like this is held up as like a response to something mm-hmm. when it's a piece of fucking shit. I don't think I think I mean, that's hard. I think it can be a, I, I think it can be I think it can be both. I think like I think like a work of art can be telling of it can like be telling of its time. Yeah. And not be a great work of art. I think yeah. that's and be telling of its time in an interesting way. Um, yeah. and I think I and I think I am attracted to things like I often have an attraction to, to those things. Yeah. Uh, in a way that yeah, this is fifty years ago. It was interesting, like who they, who he had them have on the wall. Like he had like a JFK and McCarthy uh, and McCarthy and Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, that's that was interesting, and in that he looks up to Joseph McCarthy and and Father Coughlin. Like those are like figures from like deep history for me almost, and like and to see them be recent history within a lifetime is interesting. I guess McCarthy still is, but Coughlin, right? Yeah, but to me, the play fails because, like, the structure of it and, like, what's at stake? Just No, like... uh, yeah, it fails, like, dramatically in that way, but yeah, but presenting... Yeah, I would no, believe it, that it, it is overheard it, it conversations is like this keep... in Scranton, right? Yeah, no, it's, it's wonderful that the play keeps the dreams of Father Coughlin alive. <laughs> <laughs> We should maybe mention we kind of kind of alighted like how oh I mean not to say how racist and bigoted the play is but, but the at character least is depicting like yeah the, the, I mean the, in a way that is the character like it throws every like every sort of slur some of which are still shocking some of them which are shocking for like oh I haven't heard like that slur about Italian folks in a while. Um, like just you know, it's pretty anti-Semitic. Yeah, I don't know if you very anti-Semitic. <laughs> very like the the George. We didn't even talk George. Like one of the main conflicts is George is running against like a, a Jew, Jewish like, Jew. Yeah, and like, uh, and like how he doesn't trust him. Right. And right. Like, it had such promise for me for being an anti-Semitic play. <laughs> it just really failed for me, though, to be honest. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, and and it did uh it did add in some homophobia there at the end. That was yeah. Good. yeah. Yeah. Um well all right. Uh until next time. Uh tie a ribbon around the old oak tree. Yeah, until we talk about uh talk about them lizards. All right. It's a fitting song kind of. Yeah. Wait, is this Tony Orlando? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize what the song was. I guess like when it gets to the chorus, then I'll know it. All right, we'll hear it right now. All right, say goodnight, folks. Good night, Tony. I always thought it was like 